Hallelujah. You are worthy of it all. Woo. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Woo. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. For the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Hallelujah. 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 In an atmosphere like this, you just, you just surrender all to him. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday, 10 years ago. You just, you just bring your life. Say, God, I bring my life before you. I, I repent for what I've made it. I repent for the directions I've gone. And today I come to you fresh and new, fresh and new, fresh and new. Hallelujah. Fresh and new. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for fresh and new. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for fresh and new. Hallelujah. We yield ourselves to you today. We yield ourselves to you today, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you that he that began a good work in us will complete it. Thank you, Father, for the working of the Holy Spirit that's working in each one of our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There's things that can happen in a presence like that that can happen no other time. And all it takes is just a church as a whole in unity, creating an atmosphere. Thank you, Father. And you can't deny his presence. I mean, you might be visiting, might think we're a little weird, but you can't deny what you feel. I tell you, when I would, I'd go to my, my parents' church and when I wasn't serving God and I didn't like going there because I, fe- I felt something I didn't feel anywhere else. <laughs> and my natural side of me was just uncomfortable. But when I surrendered, even though I couldn't explain it, it didn't make sense to me, I could... I was like, I don't mind going to that church over there because I, I don't feel too convicted over there or I don't feel like I'm, I'm being challenged. But, but when I go to my mom's church, I, I mean, there's, I feel something and it's like I, I can't explain it, but I know it's real. Hallelujah. Let your presence be so filled in this place, week in, week out, Sundays, Wednesdays, small group meeting, everything we do on this property, let it be saturated with the anointing, let it be saturated with God's presence. Hallelujah. Because I'm just like Moses. I'm just like Moses. Where Moses said, God, I don't want to go if your presence doesn't go with me. Because Moses said this. He goes, it's in your going with us that makes me distinguished. It's you going with us that makes the difference. It's his presence in a service that makes the difference. Mm. 
now I'm not sure where service is going to go, so hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 1. Verse 11, it says, For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. Now, it's interesting, he didn't say among the Jews. He said it will be great among the Gentiles. Now, look at this, in every place, now listen to this, in every place, incense shall be offered to my name. If we go over, if we take, took time and we went over to Acts chapter 10, it talks about Cornelius, who was a Gentile. And he was crying out for salvation and crying out for the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it said this, it says, because your prayers and your alms have come before me. Because our prayers, according to the scriptures, are like incense. So he says here, for from the rising of the sun to the, to even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name. Get this, and a pure offering. I believe what happened this morning and what's taking place is a pure offering. Romans chapter 12 says that, he says, present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. One translation says, which is our spiritual worship. So presenting our bodies as living sacrifices is worship. My name shall be great among the Gentiles in every place incense shall be offered to my name in a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord. Chapter 2 says, and now, O priest. Now, I know a lot of times we go to Malachi and we, 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 we like to talk about robbing God. And we, we'll deal with that scripture, but a lot of times people don't like to read the first sub, several chapters, the first couple chapters. Because he's dealing with priests. This is, this is all to priests. You're like, well, whew, thank God that's not me. That, that's, for you, that's for you, Pastor Justin. In Revelations, it talks about, uh, about worshiping, and it talks about, and some, some people might want to correct me in this, and you can, you can go back and look at it if you study the original language. And it talks about that we've been ordained as kings and priests. And I understand the teaching of kings and priests, but actually the original translation is a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. Chapter 2 says this, And now, priests, and now, O priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart. So what is the, what is the command? To give glory to my name. Says the Lord of hosts. Deuteronomy 28, we often talk about the first 14 verses. 
And we talk about if we hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God. And we do everything he commands us to do. It says the blessing will come on us and overtake us. But if you get to Deuteronomy 28, verse 58, listen to what it says here. It says, it says this, that you observe the laws that are written, but also fear this glory, glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. To give glory to his name. It says, I will send curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Now, we were so grateful that Jesus took care of the curse. But as we heard Dr. Savell, we can also live in a way that we put ourselves under the effects of the curse. I'm so glad that Jesus paid the ultimate price for me and you, right? I, I don't have to do anything to become righteous. Jesus did it for me. Amen. I don't, I don't, I don't lift my hands to become, worship, or become righteous, but, but righteous people lift their hands. I don't have to, giving doesn't make me righteous, but righteous people give. So, so, so it's not about me earning righteousness. It's just, it's just as a righteous person, there's going to be an outflow of my life that is going to be directed towards heaven. Verse three says, behold, I will rebuke your descendants and spread refuse on your faces. You don't want to know what that means, but we won't go there. The refuse of your solemn feast, and one will, take you, one will take you away with it. Then you shall know that I have set this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi, talking about priests, may continue, says the Lord of hosts. Now get this, my covenant was with him. What was this covenant? One of life and peace. And I gave them to him. He said, I gave them to him. I believe this is prophesying about Jesus. Jesus became our priest. And I gave them to him that, get this, that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth and injustice was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from iniquity. That sounds like Jesus to me. That's Jesus. Jesus chose to fear his name. Go ahead and be seated. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I do know. The Lord knows. The Lord knows, Richard. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Jesus honored the name. So my covenant was with him, and his covenant was life and peace. Y'all, if you, if you have your microphone, you can just sit on the altar. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. We're just, just going to flow with it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Or your seats, whatever you want to do, and just... Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. He wants to expand us on the inside. But a lot of times we have to get to a place of worship like we did this morning for him to grow us on the inside. 
Jesus was a doer of the word. Can you agree with that? We talked about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Go to Matthew chapter 6. I want to thank everyone that was here for the First Things First conference and those that watched all over the, all over the world. In Malachi, we just saw it says, and he would fear my name. He would fear my name. Jesus was a doer of the word. You know, turn there with Psalms 86, 11. He says, teach me and I'll walk in your truth and unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart to fear your name. This means, this means that he's saying, give me singleness of heart to fear your name. You know, you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love the one or you're going to hate the other. You're going to be loyal to the one or you're going to despise the other. You can't serve two masters. So here he, the, the, the psalmist is saying in Psalms 86, 11, he's saying, he goes, he, he goes, he goes, unite my heart to feel your name, meaning, meaning help my heart get to a place where I have one focus and I have one intent, and that is to fear your name. That is to, to have one focus, one, one pursuit. And as we've heard in this, that, that, that as we've been teaching on this, that, that you will not be a man of faith apart from your level of where you fear the Lord. We saw this in Psalms 147. He says he doesn't, he doesn't take pleasure in the legs of a man or the strength of a horse, but he takes pleasure in those that fear the Lord. And we know according to Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we see that, that he finds pleasure in those that fear the Lord. That's not being afraid of God. That's saying, God, you're my everything. You're my source. You are everything I have need of. I'm not looking for another option. I'm not looking for a plan B savior. And for, for me, in my case, it was like Justin's tried to do it himself far too long. And that's the, what he was dealing with with the priests in Malachi. He was saying, they forgot about me. They turned what they were doing into the house of God as a religious duty and not something that was from their heart and they forgot why they were doing it. You know, we talk of Jesus oftentimes and we're like, oh, he, he was such a sweet guy. Oh, and I'm so grateful that he, he had the nine fruit of the spirit flowing in his life. But yet there was a day that really, lack of better terms, ticked him off. <laughs> and it was when he saw the house of God stop fulfilling its assignment. And he goes in and he takes that whip, he turns over the tables and he chases them out of, out of the house of God. And he says, the zeal, and this is what Psalms is prophesying it, and says, the zeal of the, my father's house has eaten me up. 
He got tired of seeing. Why? Because he was the priest they were talking about that would fear God, that would fear his father. God, you are the priority. You are everything. And, and Jesus went in there and said, wait a minute. He just overwhelmed that my God, God, your house isn't what you designed it to be. The house was supposed to be a place of healing. It was supposed to be a place of peace. It was supposed to be a place where people could find life. It was a place where people could experience forgiveness. It was a place where they could reach in and they could receive the covenant that God had made available for them. But these priests, they stopped honoring my name and they stopped doing the things that caused you to show up in the first place. And so he chased them all out and he says, and he said this, and you, and you can find it in Isaiah. And, and this is what Jesus said. Please don't listen to anyone that says you don't need to look at the Old Testament. So if you don't have the Old Testament, you won't understand half the things that Jesus said or the apostle Paul or Peter. That's ignorance gone to seed. And he said, my father's house She'll be called a house of prayer for all nations. And prayer is not a, a, a just this, this religious thing we do by just making requests. Yeah, that's part of it. But prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. Amen. And it's communion with God. It's being in joint interest and joint partnership with God. So what happened, what Jesus was seeing, seeing it was like they were doing religious things. But the issue was they weren't doing it for the purpose of worshiping God anymore. My father's house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. You know what's amazing? If you go and look at the different accounts of that in the, in the Gospels. Soon as he chased everyone out, made that declaration, and all of a sudden he was the one that was going to start worshiping God in that place. Go look at it. All of a sudden, everyone that came into the temple got healed. Go look at it. Go look at it. I know in Bibles they'll do segments of, of a little paragraphs and they'll talk about that story and then they'll tell another story. But immediately when that happened and they made the house of God, the house of prayer for all nations, all of a sudden now the house became fulfilled its purpose. Because Jesus knew the name. See, it's not just knowing a name but it's knowing the person. See, it's not just knowing of God, but it's knowing him personally. It's knowing him inside and out. That's what fearing the Lord is all about. It's about getting to know him personally. He's my God, Vic. I don't want you to have your mother or your father's relationship with Jesus. I don't want you having your pastor's relationship with Jesus. We individually have to have our own relationship with Jesus. And we have to stop waiting for someday when. You know, they asked, they asked Jesus asked the, the disciples asked Jesus. Jesus didn't ask them. And they're like, teach us to pray. 
ultimately, you know what they were really saying? Teach us to get results. They saw the results. You look at someone great in business, you don't necessarily, you'll say, well, you may say, teach me to do what you do, but ultimately you want the results that they have. You don't follow someone that's a loser. You don't follow, follow someone that failed doing what you're trying to do. You're going to follow someone that succeeded, right? Right? Amen. So shouldn't we follow Jesus? Yes. So ultimately, teaching them the prayer wasn't to try to find some sort of mechanic so could, we could create a prayer, a, a prayer that we could confess, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be my name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven, forgive us, you know, and we say it like that and don't understand what Jesus was really trying to accomplish. How did he start out? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be. But that's the only prayer you know. Hey, go for it. I, not, there's, that prayer is amazing. So I, I'm not belittling that prayer. There's power in the in the process, the principle, and the process of what Jesus was teaching them. Our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. But don't be so quick to go to the next verse. There's a period there. There's a breath there. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed, holy, sacred, Special. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is the name. But if you don't know the name, Hallowed be thy name. Holy is the name. Miss Carolyn Savell, she was our prayer teacher uh, in Bible school. And she taught us on how to pray for an hour. And she used an old book called Could You Not Tarry One Hour? And, and this is really where I learned how to pray. But learning how to pray wasn't trying to find something to recite, but it was about getting to know the one I'm communi- communing with, the one I'm talking to. And so, and so I got it into me where, I, where we would study the names of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. You are Elohim. You are the creator of all things. You are all powerful. You are absolute sovereignty, meaning you need nothing else to exist. Oh, our Father who art in heaven, my Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are Jehovah Sidkenu. You are my righteousness. 
I have a right to come boldly to the throne of grace. I have a right to be healed. I have a right to be whole. I have a right to be free. I have a right to stand holy. I have a right. I have a right to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. I have a right to be above only and not beneath because as a righteous person, I have covenant rights and I have covenant access. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are Jehovah Makedesh. You are my sanctifier. You have set me apart. You have sanctified me out of darkness and brought me into your marvelous life. I thank you that you have a call upon my life from the foundation of the world, and you have set me apart into that call. And in the right season, the right time, you open the doors and the opportunities for, 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 the, for me to step into that call. Thank you that you are my sanctifier. You have provided the Holy Spirit to me, and he is my sanctifier. He has set apart me. He has cleaned me up. He has turned me around. He has done great things in my life. He is, he, 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 as I read the word, he, he has sanctified me because the Holy Spirit reveals the word to me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace. Thank you, Lord, that I have peace of God. And my peace isn't based on what this world can do, but the peace of God that comes, comes from above. I thank you that the peace of God surrounds about my heart like a shield. And I thank you that the peace of God is the power of God working on my behalf right now. The peace of God, the peace of God. When I don't know what to do, I can hold on to the peace of God in a storm because you are Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Lord, you are Jehovah Rohi, Rohi, you are my shepherd. Thank you that you lead me. You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You are the one that guides me. You're the one that directs me. Thank you that you you restore my soul. Thank you, Lord, that I come in and I go out freely and I find pasture. You're my shepherd and I shall not want. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. See, see, Jesus, when he called and talking about fearing God, it wasn't about being afraid, afraid of God, but it was saying, God, I'm in all of everything that you are. Now get this, get this. We use the word Jehovah. Jehovah. But you have to understand, if we look at the name Elohim, it's, an, it's, it's actually a plural word, a word that's plural. He told, uh, he told Moses, he said, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I revealed myself as God Almighty, but to you, I'm going to reveal myself to you as Jehovah or Yah. Because Jehovah is the, represents the ever-living God. And get this, the ever-living God, but also the ever-loving God. Jehovah is the way in which God chooses to reveal himself to you and me. Because Jehovah... If you look at all the Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah uh, Nisi, we could have gone through all of them, our victory, our banner, our provider. When you had Jehovah on the front side of it, now it makes it personal to humanity. 
Why? Because he's the ever-living, ever-loving God that has no limitations. He's ever-living, ever-loving. So when you, when you see Jehovah, I want you to associate love. Why is he Jehovah Jireh? Because he's love. Why is he Jehovah Makedesh? Because he's love. Why is he Jehovah Nisi or victory banner? Because he's love. So when Jesus said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He knew him. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, what does it say? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Whew. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. In the Hebrew, I had no clue that this was going to come out like this. Praise the Lord. It always comes out better <laughs> with him, right? I feel like I won't take this too deep, but help me, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I was telling Annette that, you know, in the Hebrew language, you have, you have letters and you have numerical values. <laughs> always think of your, your father. Ken Ledford, but an amazing man. And every letter represents a number. Because there's like, there's like spokes on a wheel to every root word in the Hebrew. It's 26 spokes, is that it? No, I don't think it's quite. Someone correct me. Someone have, where's Linda? 22? She knows Hebrew, so 22. And all those are, there's 22, there's only 22 roots in the, all of the Hebrew language. So everything comes down to 22 different roots. Every, every word in Hebrew comes down to 22 root words. So get this, the word name in the Hebrew is Shem. And it also has the same Hebrew numerical value as the word book. So when we look at the word name and it pertains to God, his name tells a story. His name has a beginning. A story has a beginning. A story has an end. His name. The name of the Lord the book of the Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. The word safe means to be set up on high, but not just set up on high, but it's also, it has another meaning. It means to be inaccessible to the enemy. See, it's not, just, it's not just being elevated, but it's elevated to a point where you are inaccessible to the enemy. So when Jesus is praying and he is fearing the name of his father, honoring the name, it's honor, honoring the name of the father. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So when the moment that he starts praying that and he is solidified who he's praying to, all of a sudden now he put himself up on a higher plane. 
See, in your prayer life, you have to start praying from a different position. Too often we pray from our positions of our defeat. We'll pray from our positions of our lack or we'll pray from positions of our failures or even our mistakes when all the while we are seated with him in heavenly places and we should be praying from a seated above position, meaning a seated finished position instead of praying from a begging failing position. So when Jesus was praying, he was, he was praying, our father who art in heaven, all of a sudden what happened? He put himself in a place that I'm inaccessible to the enemy. I cannot be touched. I cannot be touched in this place. I can't be touched in this place. I'm inaccessible to the enemy. Yes, it's the secret place. Psalms 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge. He is my very help in time of need. He who dwells, he who sits down and remains in the secret place. Now get this, shall remain in the place of El Shaddai. It's another name. He who dwells, he who sits down in the secret place shall remain in the place with whom nothing is impossible. God Almighty. You have to understand in seeing this from Jesus' perspective, his name, honoring the name, making much of the name. Jesus knew how much the Father loved him. Oh, how we need to grow in that. Let his revelation for you, his love for you, first off, be a love. that causes you to be his. But secondly, allow that love to be strong enough to keep you in the center of his will. For far too long as in my Christian walk or in my early days is I live from the position that God loved me to forgive me, but did I have a revelation that he loves me enough to keep me from going back to what I came out of? And so often as believers, we live from, from in this cycle of repentance and forgiveness, repentance and forgiveness, failure, repentance, failure, repentance and forgiveness, instead of truly embracing that we have been born again. Yes. And my old things have passed away yes. and all things have become yes. new. So if I meditate on how much he loves me and I can't get away from how much he loves me, I get to the point where I'm just like Joseph. How could I do this wickedness and sin against my God? Yes. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. His presence is so sweet in this place. Bless him, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name. Go to John 17. I pray strength over Joseph's fingers. (laughs) 
Thomas, can you put up Psalms 9? I think it's verse 9. In the Amplified Classic, I think. The name. The Lord also will be a refuge and a high, to- high tower for the oppressed, a refuge and a strong tower in times of trouble, high cost, destitution, and desperation. Have you ever been there? Hallelujah. Next verse. Verse 10. And they who know your name, know is intimate knowledge of. Those who know your name. Now get this. Who have experienced an acquaintance with your mercy. That's love. So it's those who know your name. And it's not just knowing your name But now they've experienced your love, your mercy. And they who know your name, who have experienced an acquaintance with your mercy, will lean on and confidently put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who what? Seek. Keep going. Inquire of and for you on the authority of God's word and the right of their necessity. I, only, I don't just seek God because his word tells me to. I now am at a place, it's my necessity. Yes. Amen. For Jesus, he sought the Father, sought first the kingdom of God because the word told him to. But then it gets to a point where it's your necessity. Are you there yet? Are we there yet? It's my necessity of life. Mm. Those that know his name and have been acquainted with his mercy. Wow. This is how Jesus lived his life. Please, I can't get away from that, that this is what Jesus, when Jesus taught things, he was giving us a sneak peek into his Relationship with the Father. Wow. Let's get John 17. And just say, I'm hungry for God. Say this Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be. Your name. Without going too far into that, just the next verse was it says, Our your kingdom come. Your will be done. So you can't separate God from his will and the will from who he is. Because every single one of the names of God are his will. John 17, verse 24. Jesus knew the love of the Father. He knew Jehovah Jireh. He knew Jehovah Nisi. He knew the Father in this way. 
Verse 24 says, Father, I desire. And listen to his heart. Listen to his heart. I desire. Father, I desire. So in the same prayer where he would say, our Father who art in heaven, in this, in this prayer, because this whole John 17 is his prayer to the Father. This is his prayer. We're looking into his prayer life. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. Jesus wants us to see God's glory. Wow. Which you have given me. For Get this. For you love me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father. O oh, righteous Father. He added a name to Father. Righteous Father. O oh, righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you. It's kind of like Malachi. It's like the, the world at that time, they, they, they didn't know him. They weren't fearing God's name, but there's this one that would come, this priest that would come that would fear the Lord. I have known you, the, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. Verse 26, get this. I have declared to them your name and will declare it, meaning I'm not gonna stop declaring it. Amplified says, I, I declare your name for this is the reason I came. And I've declared to them your name and will declare it. Why? That the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So once again, Jesus is connecting the revelation of God's name to his love. And that we would understand and we come to know for ourselves fully understanding the name. And in the process of understanding the name, the same love that Jesus had would be in us. Let me close with this thought. And I've seen this scripture. Some of this was not when I was planning, but what I thought was going to happen. But just before I came out and our time of prayer in there, I saw something. And I've always read this scripture from a standpoint in Philippians where it says that God exalted him and given him a name above every name. And I always use that scripture from the standpoint, Terry, of that the name of Jesus is above cancer. The name of Jesus. So he, he gave him a higher name above any other name. But then as I got thinking about it, it says in heaven and in earth. Doesn't it say that? And so then I got thinking that Jesus instructed us to go in his name. And that when he told us we could use the name. And that when we use his name, we are actually using every other name in heaven. That he gave him a name above every name in heaven and in earth. 
So when you say Jesus, you are saying Jehovah Sidkenu. When you say Jesus, you're saying Jehovah Makedesh. You're saying Jesus. Jesus. I know that we weren't talking about the power in the name, and we'll see what happens next Sunday. But, but the assignment was for us to honor the name and understand that our worship of God in a church service, our worship of God in our personal time is for us to get to know him. First things first. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let 2024 be a year where we run into his name and we stay there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I guess I lied. Psalms 5. Psalms 5. You're receiving something this morning. You know, 2024 is a year of progressing, advancing, experiencing promotion, and seeing our highest expectation fulfilled. And as your pastor, things that I share, I'm sharing with you is to make, bring that into reality because it's got to be more than, yes, we confess it. Yes, we declare it. Yes, we hold to it. Yes, we put the card on our, our, our mirror. Yes, we do all that and we keep it before us. But the things that the Holy Spirit are going to reveal to us is my job is to pastor you. I'm a shepherd and I'm to shepherd you into progressing. I'm to shepherd us into advancing. I'm to shepherd us into promotion. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to teach things that's going to cause you to experience promotion. You need to see my role in your life in a different light. Psalms 5. I think it's verse 5. No, it's verse 11. But let all those, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. That word defend means you spread protection over them. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. Let those who love your name, to love his name is to love him. Let those who love your name be joyful in you For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous, and with favor you will surround them with a shield. Let all those, let all those that love your name be joyful in you. Are you joyful in him this morning? Oh, Father, we're joyful in you. And Lord, we thank you for the word that you deposited in us today. Thank you, Lord, for just how you, how you moved in this service, how you moved in our worship time, and how you moved uh, in, in, in the word. Thank you, Lord, that my prayer over us today as we transition is that each one of us here and each one watching by way of internet 
are falling more and more in love with his presence and with his word. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Let those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can we shout for joy? (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word today. We praise you for your word today. You are amazing. Mm. Man, there's just something. I know I have a release on the inside of me, but I, I just sense the Lord's working on, the Lord's doing something here. I don't know if you sensed it through the conference we were in and, or past services, but I'm telling you, there's, there's something happening. There's something happening. And I, I don't, I'm not going to miss it. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Mm. All right, so hold your, your ping pong ball up. Now, I don't know if you remember, if you go back to our uh, anniversary service, there were some things that were in my heart, and I talked about six things attitudes of a, a New Testament, a successful New Testament church. And I dealt with um, six different things. And one of those was that we have a compelling desire to reach the lost. And I had gone through a period of time, but we just tracked our numbers about um, ministering to, I think, 5,000 people over a number of, a number of years. And, and so it just was in my heart for us as a church. It's like, why can't we minister to 6,000 people in one year? What, what, what's, what's keeping us from ministering one-on-one to 6,000 people? And, and that's because who comes in the course of a month to Heritage of Faith is, is about 500 people. And so if you think about that and you take, you just, each one of us ministers, talks to, and have a conversation with one person a month. That means you and I would have had 12 conversations a year, but as a church as a whole, and that's not including the people that join us every week, the hundreds and hundreds of people that join us every week that consider us their church, that we could have, have conversations with 6,000 people in one year. And so if you go in the lobby, you'll see a, you'll be, see a big box out there. It says engage on it. And there's, there's a, we also have a, actually a, a ping pong uh, gum, a, a ping pong uh, dispenser as well. So when you come in, week in, week out, you can, you know, you can turn the dispenser and out comes one of these and you can drop it in the box. And, and, and so our goal is to minister as a church to 6,000 people this year. Amen. Uh, whether it's in uh, food outreach, whatever it is. But ultimately, we're wanting to mobilize you. You are to do the work of evangelists. You're like, well, pastor, how can I do that? I'm not, I'm not bold. I don't, I'm not, but let me ask you, raise your hand if you have the te- a testimony that God's done something in your life. People don't need your preaching necessarily. They need what God's done in your life. You, you don't have to have all the right words and the eloquence of it and all that. No, just tell them what God's done in your life. You know, everything can change with a conversation. Just ask the woman at the well. 
last Wednesday night during our First Things First conference, I ministered about, about how we have to have an urgency, a sense of urgency to go, to reach the lost, be a light in a dark world, bring peace where there's confusion. And as I was praying over this and what to share, there's one other thing that I wanted to share about a conversation. You know, one of the famous, and you'll see it in sporting events, where you'll see John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but everlasting life. Do you realize all of John chapter 3 is a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus? It's a conversation. Nicodemus asked a question, and Jesus gave the revelation of what it means to be born again. He wasn't preaching to a lot of people. He was talking to one man. Wow. Don't discount what one conversation could be with one person. No, we think, I saw that in, in a new light today that, wow, John chapter three, where we learn about salvation, we even learn about that just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. That represents healing for us. That was with a conversation with just a religious man. It's just a conversation. So I'm powering each one of us to have 12 conversations this year. Can we do that? Can we do that? I don't think you're all convinced. Can we do that? You know, we're, we're, gonna, get, we're gonna get our kids involved in it and they're gonna bring their, their, the conversations they have on the playground, conversations they have with their friends. Conversations while they're gaming, whatever they, whatever they can. Hey, conversations can happen anywhere. You know what? You don't have to have a lightning bolt and three goosebumps to have a conversation. It's just, hey, what's your name? Well, my name's John. Is there something I can pray with you about? Or, man, let me tell you something. It doesn't have to, this is not about, we're not trying to see how many notches we can get on our belt about salvations. All those salvations will happen. The point is getting us comfortable to have a conversation to where talking about him is like breathing. Just comes out of us. Love of God just comes out of us. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. This is not just a cute gimmick that we came up this with. This is something that we, that I know I heard from your heart. So, Father, I, I thank you that even though in the natural these are just different colored ping pong balls, but ultimately it represents a soul. It represents a life. And as we have these conversations, we understand in advance that maybe we'll be planting the seed for the first time. 
Maybe we'll be planting seed for the fourth time. Or maybe we'll just be watering the seed. But also, Lord, we expect that we'll also be reaping souls into the kingdom. Because according to what you said, Jesus, the harvest is white. He said, look up, put your eyes on the harvest. It's harvest time. It's about the harvest. So like I said, Lord, this is not some cute gimmick. This is about the harvest. That's why we close out every service, Father. And you told us to do this. Told me years ago, give them Jesus. Because that is the answer to everything they have need of. So Lord, I thank you for all the conversations that will take place in 2024, that you will be in the center of every conversation. In Jesus' name, amen.